and welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now, let's turn our hearts and our minds to the Word as we begin today's episode. Habakkuk chapter 2, I'm going to pick up off of some things that I ministered this morning, and, uh, and I won't spend any time to recap that other than to simply say that I believe my part for tonight is to speak into some things that the Lord has and is doing for us in this year of 2024. And I said this this morning that at the beginning of 2023, in fact, on January 1, the first day of 2023, the Lord um, just spoke a word to me that was more like an encounter. And that word was, come on, word of life, you are my people. It was the word emerge. And I knew instinctly in, in sitting with the Lord with that word that what he was doing through this word emerge in 2023 was really a setup for 2024. It was as if, in fact, the two years in, in God's agenda were tied together. And so we talked about this morning that that word emerge simply means um, to rise to appearance. It is like a seed breaking out of its casing. It's a caterpillar going, and now I must become. And, and becoming the, going into the transformation of, of a butterfly. And so we talked about this year that that all sounded really exciting and good. And I was really exciting about a, a year like emerge being, you know, this wonderful thing. And I realized that what I was envisioning was the product after the emerging process takes place. And so all of a sudden I realized that 2023, God's saying, this is the time to emerge. What he was really saying is you're about to go into the emerging process. And so for many of you, and and I would stretch to say probably in some way, shape and form for all of you, that 2023 maybe didn't look like what you had on your vision board. That maybe some crazy things went down in your job or your business or your ministry or your church or your company or your family that you went, this was not what I had planned. And yet throughout this year, there has been this process of emerging. If you'll look back over what God worked in you and took you through, we're standing at the end of that year, having stepped over into a new year going, I think maybe I became more than I was before. Hallelujah. So in that way that these two years are are tied, what I want to say that I believe the Lord spoke to my heart about 2024 is that this year in the mind of God is really a threshold. 
It's a threshold point. Now, I'm going to give you a few definitions of this so that we can work with it as we go. But a threshold is defined as the point that when reached results in dramatic new conditions. A threshold is a point that when it's reached results in dramatic new and fresh conditions. Another definition of a threshold is a point which something takes place and below which it cannot take place. So I'll give you a few examples. We all know this one really good. How many of you know that there is a temperature when water freezes? Everybody's like, I'm praying in the spirit over my pipes as I'm here right now. Hallelujah. Water freezes at 32 degrees, not 31 degrees. Why? You haven't gone through the threshold. But at 32 degrees, there's dramatic new conditions. All right, how about this? A hurricane needs the surface of the water of the ocean at 80 degrees before it can form. It won't form at 79 degrees. Isn't that interesting? When water freezes at 32 degrees, plants and crops are fine at 33 degrees, but scientists have found that when a plant or a crop is in 32 degrees, immediately there is a cellular breakdown. A threshold is reached. So, Looking at this, we can see why our widely known definition of threshold is a doorway, typically, or a point of crossing over into. If you walk into a new house and you walk through the door, you come through the threshold of that house. So when you cross a threshold, all of a sudden, you are in a series of new conditions. All of a sudden... You're a different person. If you were outside the threshold in the cold, once you walk through the threshold and get on the inside, you're a new you. Come on, this is exciting. Once you cross over the threshold, there is a whole new realm of possibilities available to you. That weren't available to you before. Why? You hadn't crossed over the threshold. So all of a sudden, you come into a year like 2024, having been through the process of breaking free, having been through the process of now I must become, and the Spirit of God says, I'm so glad that you yielded in humility and collaborated with me because now I'm crossing you over the threshold into a series of conditions that you've never experienced before with possibilities available to you that weren't available to you before. Now, remember I said this morning, if there is a word from the Lord, specifically a prophetic word, then the word of God is true for a nation at the same time it's true for a person. It's got to apply across the board. Well, there's this incredible tradition that was carried on for, you know, a number of years. I don't know that we do it so much anymore, but when you think of a threshold, it 
really came from ancient, ancient Roman tradition that when a man and a woman got married, that that groom would pick up his bride, right? And he'd carry her over the threshold through the door into their new home, starting their new life. Well, that originated so far back in ancient times And the reason that it it was done is because the Romans had this belief that when the groom picked up his bride and carried her over the threshold, it was to signify that all that was from her past, all that was formerly of her that was a detriment to her, any detriment or shame from her family line was broken off. And when he carried her over the threshold, it was done and gone and could no longer affect her anymore. And once he carried her over that threshold, it signified it was broken. That time was it. After that, she could come and go as she pleased, but that signified it's done. I want you to know that I believe that Jesus, the head of the church, has picked up his bride, the body of Christ, and he's carried us over a threshold into a new time where new possibilities are available to the body of Christ. Come on, and he's brought you into, and he set us down in this new time, and he said, don't even bother looking back there because that was an old Jew. You don't respond that way anymore. You don't do it that way anymore. We spoke this morning that right here at the head of this year, there's always a war at the gate to try and throw up a smoke screen, keep you out. There's always a war at the gate right here at the head of the year. I watched the and the strategy of the enemy is so plain as day if you just have eyes to see it. So many of us, it was like something tried to reach out of the past year, just reach up and get a hand on a shoulder and just pull so many sons and daughters of God back. And, and the trick of it was that on the inside, something in us would go, oh, I thought I was done with that. And the spirit of God addressed that and said, no, 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 no. You don't fall under that assignment. I've carried you over a threshold into a new year. I've walked you into a new place. That thing can't touch you. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to say, I take that. I'm not going back. You walk into your new year. Amen. Hallelujah. So we've come through a new threshold. It's a transitional moment, this time we're in, where you and your surroundings are new and everything that is available to you now is new to you. This year as a threshold is when Christ is carrying the church into his new time. And he's declaring this, nothing from how it's been in the past can follow you. Let's look at Habakkuk chapter 2. Verse 14 simply says, For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. One translation, I believe it's the New Living Translation, says, Uh, Let me give you the amplified first. I like this one. For there is a time coming. This was prophesied. How many of you know that we're living in the fulfillment of prophetic times? 
For there is a time coming when the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Now, the New Living Translation says, For the earth shall be filled with an awareness of the glory of the Lord. Well, that puts an interesting slant on it, doesn't it? All right, let me give you this one. You can write this down. Isaiah 60 and verse 1. Another familiar portion of scripture talking about his glory. Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Now, for the sake of time, I'm not going to go into the breakdown, but I did a a little word study on this scripture and I just condensed it all and I'm just going to give it to you and what it says. Isaiah 61, you've been decreed ordainedly, newly commissioned, and freshly illuminated to stand in the new. And the weightiness of his glory shall radiate from you. How many of you know that Jesus is the light of the world? He is light. And when we are in him and we see light, we become So he's saying that in this new place that we are in, we are in that place where the glory of God begins to cover the earth, he said prophetically, like the waters cover the sea, and the weightiness of his glory shall radiate from you. So what this means is there's some things that we can't consider. I loved what Pastor Joel ministered, and if you weren't able to be here for those sessions, I'd strongly encourage you to go back and listen to those because he talked about basically the church becoming who we've always said that we are. He talked about walking in the supernaturalness of who we are. As the body of Christ. And he talked about God raising up a people to walk in the weightiness, essentially, of the glory of God. Of the manifest presence of God. Isn't that the desire of all of our hearts? So when we're talking about this year being a threshold, a point where dramatic changes take place, that must encompass the increase of the glory of God. Why? Because that's the only thing that changes anything. And let's just point out that that's not the increase of the glory of God just hold up in our services. Because if the glory of God isn't transforming the earth, then it's not a fulfillment of what the word said. He said it would cover the earth as the water covers the sea. This is a time where all of our praying and prophetic declaring and strategy and things that the Lord's giving us, it can't just be for our prayer meeting. Oh, you better believe it better start there. But there must be a progression in this generation where strategies come out of the prayer meetings, where people walk into the courtroom and the office and the throne room of Pharaoh and say, "Uh, it's time things must change. You're either going to get in line with it or it's not going to go well. 
It's about time that we walk into situation rooms where there's great need and nobody's got an answer. And we get in that room because God put us there by the spirit of the Lord. And we begin to to pipe up and give answers to things, not because Harvard taught it to us, because we got a strategy from heaven. That is an expression of the glory of God covering the earth. Hallelujah. So if this is the threshold we've stepped into, then there's some things that we, we can't consider. And I just want to give you a few things to think about. You cannot consider your situation or surroundings, even from how it used to be last month. Why? You've come through a threshold. Maybe you were at 33 degrees and those things weren't possible, but you're not there, baby. You come into 32 degrees. You've come and now all dramatic appearances of new things are happening and what is available to you. You're not there anymore. So you can't consider situations that you might still have to address, but you can't consider them in the old ways. You're not the same person anymore. You're not in the same time. Number two, you can't consider your old way of doing things, your old modes of operation. Everything must now come out of the spirit. Because if, if we've crossed a threshold into a place we've never been before, it's not going to work to function in this the human way. So we are made as humans that when we encounter any given situation, the way that we are made to deal with it is the first thing we do is we find a way to attach to it. And the reason that we attach to it is because when we attach and try and get a grip on what we're encountering... And this happens in milliseconds. Our brain immediately accesses the catalog of everything we've ever experienced to take that attachment of what we're in the middle of and find a previously held experience of that, then inform us to go, oh, I remember that. Now I know what to do. See, that's why generational stuff repeats itself. If there's not an instigation of a new true identity of the spirit of God, this happens in milliseconds. And so we pull out of that catalog of past experience and then we go, oh, I know how to address this. And so we handle it out of that previously held experience. I'm telling you, this is really important for us as ministers because the truth is this is what we do. And uh, thank God for our training. Thank God for what we've been taught. And uh, I want leaders who have walked through some things and won some battles and know how to fight the good fight. Amen? But what I'm talking about here that I believe God is bringing us into a place of considering is that too many of us are asking for the supernatural, but we are 
Our mode of operation is completely like somebody outside of God does it. And we're just encountering life and pulling from a past experience, encountering life and pulling from a past experience. But do you know that even scientists know that we have the opportunity to pause that process of our brain And when we do, we actually access the frontal lobe of our brain that God gave us, which is our intuitive portion of who we are. It's where the imagination of your heart sets. And if you are born again in the spirit of God lives on the inside of you, it's where the spirit of God speaks to our spirit and informs our mind of what he's saying. And we step outside of that old mode of operation of doing everything out of past experience and autopilot and road and doing the same thing over and over. We pause that. And when we stop and we say, God, I'm going to treat this as though I've never been here before. What is your way of doing things here? Because I acknowledge I've crossed a threshold. I'm in a completely new environment and I have stepped into a new version of myself that you made me to be. See, this is how we progress in who God called us to be. See, you and I came into this world carrying plans and purposes of God on the inside of you. The psalmist David said, Father, you wrote the thesis of me. You wrote my book of all my days, even before there was one of them. You know there's a book in the throne room of heaven on your life? How much would you like to read that book? So I might stretch a little, but I I could say it to you this way. Each one of us are carrying around Uh, internal prophecies of who you are. And they're just waiting for their timing and their moment to inform you and to begin to speak to you of the things that you were prophetically assigned to do before you were ever in your mother's womb. You're carrying around internal prophecies. That's why you've got that specific dream on the inside of you. I don't know why. I just always, I just saw this. I just always thought of this. I just always thought I could be. Those internal prophecies have been speaking to you. But I believe that you've come into a time where God's saying, if you could step over here and lay down your old way of doing things, And acknowledge me on the other side of this threshold that I've brought you into. There's a way where you can actually step into and walk in and produce the things that you're carrying on the inside that I prophetically called you to. So the thing about 2024 is that this threshold moment also comes with a threshing floor. And the threshing floor in ancient times, you know, is where they would bring the harvest and they would work out the separating 
of the seed of the grain from the straw. What had value and was meant to stay and what needed to go. And through the Old Testament, symbolically, whenever the threshing floor was used in the word of the Lord, it was typically symbolic of judgment. And I don't believe that God is speaking to us about his judgment per se, as much as he is saying, on the other side of this threshold that you've come into, I invite you into a threshing floor place where you and I would sit and you would inquire of me. And by the spirit of the Lord, we would begin to judge and sift through. Father, what is of you and what has actually been of me? What part of of what I'm doing, what part of my ministry, what part of my calling is really from you? And what part of it was me just filling in what I've seen done before? The sifting through. The Bible tells us that purpose in the heart of man is like deep waters. But it says a man or a woman of understanding will draw it up. Sounds a lot like that work in 2023 of contending for the deep of you. To come into a threshing floor place, which is a posture of your heart with God. To sit in humility and say, God, let's put it all back out on the table here. What of these seeds are your seeds that you planted in the deep of me? And what if this is just straw and hay and rubble and comparison and my own flesh? See, if we're going to walk out into a greater measure of the deep, of the glory of God, a greater expression in us, if we're going to walk into unprecedented times where new possibilities are available to you now than they ever were before, the only way we're going to walk into those is if we begin on this threshing room floor of laying down our ways and our mode of operation and asking him about his. You know, that's what the father loved about Moses. Remember what the word said of him? It says, but he... He loved to know the ways of God. And God loved that about him. That he wanted to know his ways. How many of you know it's a holy thing to lay down your intellect and your natural gifting and your aptitude and your ability 
and your charisma, all things that God gave us, your lay down your ambition and your prerogative and what you think you're owed and your timetable and your agenda and what you feel is just and fair and to lay that on, a, on an altar, on a threshing room floor and say, okay, Father, I lay all that down. Now let's you and I sift through this together. What is of you? Because there's no way that I can pull from my previous experiences and navigate a new place with new possibilities where I've never been. Now, I can get excited about it in a meeting, and I can write it in a journal, and I can even talk about it to myself and others, but I can't participate with it. If I don't do the great exchange with you for your ways, which begs the question then, are we asking God for his better ways of doing all the things that we do? Or have we settled for the version that we've come up with on our own? For instance, I've received incredible, in my mind, top-of-the-line training to be in the ministry. I don't think I could have gotten any better, honestly. And I'm so grateful for it. And there are times when I'm operating in that training that was taught me and I've put it into practice and it's getting results and it's good. And there's a point where I absolutely reach the end of my training. Any ministers here ever been in experience and you go, I don't think they had a class on this one. I do not remember it. Hello. If you're leading in 2024, Maybe you had wonderful parents, maybe you had terrible parents, but some way, shape, or form, you've kind of figured out a way to be a father and a mother. Inevitably, there's a point where you reach the end of your ability to be a good father, to be a good mother. What I'm saying is when we are sifting through ways and modes of operation for doing things on the threshing room floor, what we're doing is choosing a posture of maybe there's more. Maybe I, I would just dare say that the the master planner, creator of the universe, God Almighty, El Shaddai, Jehovah Jireh, fill in the blank, probably knows more about fathering or mothering these particular children than I do. And what if I invited God to talk to me about his ways and then I didn't even just say, God, I need you to talk to me about it this way. What if I just said, Father, you know a better way of doing this. If you wanted to reveal that to me and lead me in it, how would you go about doing it? Now that's working with God. I, I, I know what God's called me to do. I know the mandate on my life. I've been at it over 20 years now. 
But I'm telling you, there is a place of a threshing room floor of laying down the way you know how to do what God's called you to do and lay it down and say, Father, I believe we've stepped over a threshold into a new time. I bet you've got ways of being Jen Tringale that I don't know anything to, I, I know about. And, and Father, I know you want to reveal that to me. How would you go about doing that? And so in humility... I lay down. And so now I'm just looking and training my ear for the, the listening and the hearing and the perceiving of your way of showing me a better way of being me. This is what I'm talking about in the sifting through. See, When God speaks a word, he brings strategy of how to walk in it. I want to share a story with you about a gentleman I just recently have come in connection with. and He served in Washington, D.C. as a police officer for a, a number of years. He went on to do many things, but he always knew as a little boy he wanted to be a police officer. That was his dream, to be a policeman. And, uh, and so he went through the academy and joined the police force there in the Metro DC area. And it wasn't until he was an adult man, he'd been serving for a number of years that he found out about Jesus, met the Lord, became a born again Christian and really came into a genuine personal relationship with the Lord. And so because of this encounter and, and his experience really being just all relational, he started pondering these things. And so he started just thinking and thinking, well, Lord, you know, I was trained really well as a police officer. I had really good um, uh, captains and chiefs, and, 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 and actually I'm pretty good at it. But if you're who you are, when I get to the end of my training, I bet there's better ways of policing that you could show me beyond what the training academy was able to teach me. And so, and then I just wonder, how would you go about showing me what those are? What would that look like? And so this was kind of the space that he was in in his new relationship with God. And it was about that time that he got assigned a case of an abducted child. And so he and his captain went to the parents of the abducted child, met with them, gathered information. And it was a young boy that had been abducted and he had two sons of his own at the time. And so he was really touched and moved by this. And, and he said, something just came over him when they stood to leave. He looked in the eyes of the parents and he said, I promise you, we're going to find your child. And so he walked out of the house with the captain and he was senior to him and, and the captain grabbed him and said, what are you doing? You just broke all protocol. You never promise people that we're going to do something. And he said, I, I, you know, I don't know. I just got caught up. I have kids and it just came out of me. And so the captain leaves, he gets in his police cruiser and he's going down the street and he's thinking about these things. And so he said, he just pulled over on the side of the road and he just bowed his head and prayed. And he said, God, you know where this child is. 
And he said, I, I'm doing all I know to do with my training, but Father, what is it about finding this child you want me to know? Now, see, that's asking God for his way. He said, if you were going to show me and lead me where this child is, how would you like to go about doing it? He said, I just sat there quiet then just listening. He said, I'm, you know, I'm a new believer. I don't know how any of this stuff works. So he has no pretext for what's supposed to come next. He said, all of a sudden, he said, out of nowhere, this wave of nausea just came up over him. And he said, he thought, what is that? And just this awful wave of nausea. And about that time, a car went by, and he's just sitting in the car going like, Lord, I'm asking you to lead me, and the next thing I know, you know, I'm trying to put this together. I have this wave of nausea. You know, a car goes by. I don't know what this means. And so he said, instinctively, I just started my car. I pulled out on the road, started driving, And he said, I wound up catching up to that car that went by. And he said, instinctively, I just turned my lights on and pulled it over. And the child was in the trunk. He said, to be honest with you, when we opened the trunk, me and the perpetrator and the child were all in a little bit of shock. And he said, this blew my mind, literally, because I realized I've accessed something here that it's not a magic wand that I do it all the same time, but I have access. Come on, we're talking about a a threshold here. I have access, if I so choose, to lay down my previously held understandings and mode of operation, to access the supernatural, to access possibilities, opportunities, doorways, territory, destiny moments attached to those internal prophecies on the inside of me, that the only way I'm going to get into them is his way. So I can pray all the prayers... And I can do all the things, but if in real time, I'm just running out of my way of doing things, I'm going to be standing in the same place when 2025 rolls around. But this is unaffordable for me and you. So I want to say the people in your circle, maybe they don't get you. What I want to say to you is they don't need to. Maybe you're called to pioneer something. Probably are. It seems to be the nature of this time we're living in. Maybe you're called to upset the table and turn over all the way you've been doing things and say, throw it all out. We're starting from scratch because everything I'm going to do, it's going to be birthed out of the spirit of God. And maybe people aren't going to understand it. So what? Because he has prepared some things for you that are waiting on you. And I'm saying that it could be hanging in the balance of this threshing floor place of a surrendering of all of our ways. And in exchange for learning the posture of inquiring of his.
Not too long ago, I was uh, helping a, a dear friend of mine. Her parents had gone to be with the Lord, and we were cleaning out their house, and she had had an estate sale. And so after it was done, you know, we had a, a, a lot to do, and, and there was a large sum of money, you know, that had come in because a, a lot had been sold, and um, she had taken a portion of it, and she had about $5,000 in cash, and she said, Jen, hey, I'm going to go um, stick this somewhere because I don't want to carry it around. And I was kind of half listening. I said, yeah, okay, whatever. And uh, a few days later, she comes to me, and I'm getting ready to fly out the next day. And she said, hey, do you remember where I put that money? I said, no, I don't. She said, well, neither do I. I don't have a clue. She said, my mind is blank. She just had so much going on, you know. And uh, so we, of course, do what you do. You just start tearing through everything. And there wasn't much to tear through because we sold about everything in the house. And so we tear through everything. I mean, we can't find it. Nothing. Nothing's ringing a bell. We're like retracing our steps. We're like doing a reenactment of a crime scene. You know, nothing's coming. And uh, so finally I said, all right. She had people coming in and calls. I said, hey, I'm going to go upstairs, and uh, I'm going to sit in a chair, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask God to show us where that money is. She goes, great. Come tell me when he tells you. I said, I will. (laughs) And see, I got to press about it because I'm flying out the next day, and I don't want to leave without her having that money. So I sit down in this chair, and... And I get real quiet, and I said, now, Father, you know where that money is. And uh, I said, uh, we, we need to find that money, and, Lord, we need to find it today. I said, so would you just show me, Holy Spirit, where's that money? So I get quiet, and I'm just listening. And the first thing that comes up in my heart is the phrase, it's on the floor. I was like, Phew. Well, clearly, that means the $5,000 is on the floor. So I go downstairs. She comes around the corner. She goes, well, I said, got it. God says the money's on the floor. And she just looks at me. And we're just like, okay, I don't know. Well, there's hardly a stick of furniture in the whole house. So we just start tearing room to room. We're just looking on the floor, looking on the floor. So we start into every closet, every cabinet, you know. We're just on the floor, on the floor. We search the whole thing three times. Nothing. So it gets late that night. She's like, I got to go. You got an early morning flight. She's like, don't worry, you know, it'll come. And so she goes home, and, and I get ready for bed, and I'm staying there in that house that night. And so I get settled and I get into bed. I turn out the light and I roll over and I'm laying there. And I was like, God, we asked you to show us today. I'm not leaving here. You said it's on the floor. This is ridiculous. And I just, without a thought in my head, I threw the covers off. I got up. I marched downstairs. And without thinking anything, I just walked over to this closet double doors, open the doors, look down on the floor. There's no cash, but on the floor is something that I had seen probably 30 times before as we were working, looking for it. 
And on the floor inside that closet was one single puzzle piece. And when I finally let my brain let go of, I need to find money, I need to find money, I need to find money. When I let go of that and I looked down at that puzzle piece and I focused on it, immediately when I did that, it came up in my spirit. She put it in the puzzle box at the top of this closet back behind those board games. Now I'm telling you, when I walked to go get the stepladder to get it, I wasn't waiting to find out if it was there. I knew it like I knew my name. I get that stepladder, I get up there, I pull out this little Thomas Kincaid puzzle. God bless Thomas Kincaid. I pull out that puzzle box, open it. There's, she had dumped out the puzzle pieces. One had fallen on the floor and there was that 5,000 in cash. So I couldn't wait. I get my cell phone and I call her and she goes, she answers the phone. What are you doing up so late? I said, I found the money. She was like, what? I said, You put it in the Thomas Kincaid puzzle box. She goes, oh my gosh, I did. She goes, well, what was on the floor? I said, a piece of the puzzle of the Thomas Kincaid puzzle box. She got real quiet and she went, you really are a prophet. (laughs) I was like, you have doubted all this time. No, I didn't say that. (laughs) And we just paused. And I said, buddy... The Lord is teaching us something. There are things that he wants to reveal to us, and we're trying to force him into our box of our way. But he is God, and he's a God of mystery. And he loves walking out the collaboration and the fellowship in the intimacy of the mystery, whispering to my heart going, baby girl, it's on the floor. Stop having a death grip on what you are just demanding you have to have. And just let go of that and say, Father, you know what I have need of. How would you like to lead me? And so I'm going to wrap this up with this. This begs the question, what are we doing with the leadings we're receiving? Um... Are they just a suggestion to us? Out of convenience, are we categorizing most of them when they come as, oh, maybe it's just me, which lets me off the hook from following through? This is part of this threshing floor sifting through. Are we valuing and regarding when I'm blazing through the day and a situation comes up and I'm, I'm posturing my heart going, father, not my way, but your way. When a situation comes up, am I pausing? And when the leading begins, am I pausing and acknowledging, hold on father, what are you, what are you speaking to me? What are you What are you leading me to do here? How are you stewarding the leadings you're receiving? Because it hangs in the balance of if I'm going to have honor and respect for them, 
then I first have to lay down my ambition. And I have to lay down my to-do list. And I have to lay down my prerogative. And I have to lay down my preference for that moment. And I have to lay down the timetable. Ooh, that's a big one. But Lord, you don't understand. I have to move right now because they want a decision. Well, they can wait. Because the decision you give them out of the spirit of God is going to be the decision you don't got to retract. I'm talking about cultivating in real time a laying down of all of these things and making room for the leading. Those that are led by the Spirit of God, they shall be the sons of God. Sometimes we've heard that verse out of Romans and we've gone, oh, that's right. Oh, I, better, I better be led because if not, I'm not a son of God. We take it in a condemning way. But, but Romans is really trying to tell us, look, the benefit of being his child is you get the leadings. <laughs> the, the benefit is that you get this totally high plane way of life that's going to produce results you could have never produced on your own. It's going to bring your ministry into exactly what it's called to be. And you get the benefit of it because you're in him and he's in you and you can't get any more spiritual than you are right now. Why? Because you are a spirit. I've still yet never driven by anybody's house with a dog and watched a dog on. I'm just trying to be more of a dog. I'm just trying. Can you just hold on a minute? I'm just trying to really be more of a dog. You can't be more of a dog. You can't be more spiritual than you are. You are a spirit. And you're led by the spirit of God. Now you can become more aware of it. And you can cultivate that awareness. But it's time we stop being in the value system of producing spiritual things for God. In the doing, doing, doing and just being. Because these leadings are flowing out of this being. And those leadings are walking you into what this threshold moment has now made available to you. When we talk about God changing the body of Christ and changing how we do services and changing how we minister to people, it encompasses all of this of what we're talking about tonight. His way. His way. His way. His way can't be a cliche phrase. His way must become my dictate. I, I, I need his way. Now I could do it my way and probably nobody would know the difference. But you do. And I'll tell you when they will know the difference is when you start walking in the fruit that it produces of doing it his way. So in the book of Ezekiel, tells the story of this angel with a measuring stick measuring out 
the depth and calling Ezekiel into it. And if you remember, he, you know, he started out at his ankles and then he went up to his knees and so on and so forth. Most of you probably know the story. The Lord is conditioning us for the weightiness of his glory. We might not realize it, but sometimes we're staying at knee deep because our mind has such a need to be in control. But the more that we'll walk in this that we're talking about tonight, and we go out deeper, and we go out deeper, and you get to the point where you're like, I don't know if I could be in control if I tried, and this is a little bit scary, but now... I'm walking in things I never experienced in my life. This is where God is taking us as the body of Christ because this is the time where the glory of the Lord covers the earth as the water covers the deep. And he speaks to us and says, Arise and shine, for your light has come. For the glory of the Lord is risen. It's a perpetual rising like the breaking of a dawn. It's risen upon you. Radiant, the radiance of his light coming forth from you. I'll tell you what, you get a taste for this way of doing things his way. And real quick, you get such a taste for it. It becomes such a distaste in your mouth when you revert to your old way of doing things. You just go, oh, no, 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 I don't want to do that because I'm responsible for the results. And then I'm like a, a hamster on a wheel and I am just so done with that. And so what do you do? You just go back to that threshing floor and you come in humility and you go, I surrender. God, all my way of doing things, how would you like to lead me through this today, sir? to speak into your heart tonight. It's really an invitation for a new way of living. It's not that we haven't known about it, but the time that we're in, it is of necessity that we walk in it. I don't want to spend my Christianity attending meetings where we just talk about things. I don't want the meetings to be the point. I want our gatherings and our meetings to be where we, we grow in knowledge and experience and we become. But, but our Christianity is when we walk out these doors and in him we live and move and have our being and we get to walk out this great adventure of his way of doing things. What is the possibilities afforded to you? Boundaries have been removed. Doors have opened. Territories have opened up. Decisions that have been made against you, verdicts that have been made. Dogmatic opinions that are dug in are being reversed and just opened up to you. 
this is the time of like Pharaoh where he said, I'm never going to let you go. He basically said, I will die before I let you go. And in a matter of days, he said, would you please get out of here? This is what I'm talking about. Come on, these aren't pipe dreams and cute Bible stories for a Sunday school class. This is the kingdom we are of. So, Father, it would seem that at the beginning of this year, that your great strategy comes when we decree not my will, but yours be done. Now, I want to just create a space and invite you because this is extremely personal between you and the Lord to your own type of threshing floor. And I would encourage you to cultivate this space and place with him. I would encourage you to to not be far from it for very long in your heart. But tonight, to come. Say, Father, in humility, I'm laying it down. Not my will, but yours be done. Father, I got caught up in what I, I know and what I've always known, who I am, and what I've I've always seen done, what I thought had to be done. I've I've been caught up in a a plan and a time frame. I've been caught up in comparison and desperate for it to be a certain way for me. Father, tonight. I lay it down and say, not my will and not my ways, but your ways. to remove all the previous held ideas, versions, 
plotting and planning. Father, having stepped over the other side of this threshold and all the things that we could do, Lord, we give this year to you. We just give it to you. Lord, you already know all that you hold in store for us. You know every door, every assignment, every opportunity, every divine connection that you have for us. You know, Father, all the places you've prepared for us for this year. Lord, and rather than trying to map it out on our own, we give you this year. Lord, would you teach and train us through your ways of doing things how to be a people of your glory? Would you teach us and train us how to lead what we lead in your glory? Father, those of us that are called to pioneer new things, would you download your ways? Father, we lay down the demand of our need and our necessities. And we bend our ear. We bend our ear. We humble our ear in humility for what you desire to speak. What do you want to say? What do you want to reveal? And how do you want to go about revealing it to me? Father, we do what you said in your word. We come as a little child as if we know nothing. We come with the ear of a child to say, lead, guide, train, equip. Take my hand and walk me through this as a child, God. I don't lean to my own ways, my own desires, but in all my ways, I follow you. Teach me to be a father. Teach me to be a mother. Teach me what it means, Father, to stand in the roles that you've given me through your ways of doing things. Move me beyond myself. Father, I repent for not inquiring of you. And I repent for the times I've come and asked pushing you into my box, waiting for my version of the answer on my terms. Tonight, God, we relinquish our terms. We have no terms. Father, we are yours to command. For, Father, we hold a glimpse in our heart of the potential and the possibilities of what you have in store for us in 2024. My, my, my. Oh, the glory of the Lord, like never before, like never before, like never before. Lord, we hold in our heart the possibilities that you have in store of what you have for our families, which you have for our giftings and callings to the service of your kingdom. We hold in our heart, Father, the potential of what you, our great God, can do in collaboration, in partnership with you. 
Father, the lives that could be reached, those that could be touched, the restoration that can transpire as you walk and minister and move through us. So we determine in our heart tonight throughout 2024 to carry in our heart this place of a threshing floor. Train us. Teach us. Make us skilled in your hands. Skilled, Father. For Father, this is the mobilization of your bride for such a time as this. And we thank you, Father, for participating with you.